<laughs> I almost feel like I should have worn a suit for the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time! <laughs> the episode we've been teasing since <laughs> the very first one, the Darkstalker episode. Oh, who knows how long this is gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be very long. This is gonna be a nightmare to edit. <laughs> I have notes. <laughs> That's how invested I am. I don't have notes, because I... I don't do that. I'm very invested in this, but I don't write if I don't have to. <laughs> Physically write with a pencil and pen, whatever. I, I was just... You know, I, it helped me remember... Thanks. I don't know. Why am I trying to justify my taking notes? I'm invested in this. <laughs> so, Darkstalker. <laughs> Darkstalker. For those of you listening to this one as the first episode for some reason, or who live under a mountain, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, Darkstalker is Wings of Fire, which we also mention all the time. It's about dragons... It's a kid's book quotation marks. <laughs> kid's book heavily sarcastic quotation marks. <laughs> yep. Well, to be fair, the only not kid-friendly thing in there is really the violence. Yeah. And the maybe yeah. emotional abuse at times. <laughs> it's rough at times. We'll just say that. But our both... It's my favorite, right? It's your favorite too, right? It's freaking great. Okay. <laughs> it's our favorite Wings of Fire book. It's not part of the actual series. It's like a kind of a side book. It's part of the legends. Right. So in-universe, but not directly linked to the other arcs, yeah. technically. Wings of Fire is five series or five book series or what am I trying to say? It's a series with five books in each arc and currently there has three arcs. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Darkstalker um, shows up again in the second arc as kind of the villain. He says again, but this is... If you read them in release order, it would be the first time. Yeah. So he's kind of in the first book, but he's hidden under a mountain. He's trapped and you don't know why. And he's like obviously kind of manipulative <laughs> like very obviously right manipulative so you're like this guy's not good and then he appears and you're like this guy is not good <laughs> but at the same time he's so good at being manipulative he's, you can almost believe him he is so uh, so much fun and such a joy to have on my page <laughs> i love him so much <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was harder for me to read him the second time because I I don't have empathy in real life, but when it comes to like characters and books, oh, I feel their emotions and the frustration is real. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times writers get stuck in, I make super powerful villain or I make super clever and cunning villain and charming and, you know, charismatic. And then there's Darkstalker, who is... All of the above and he more. He is quite literally the complete package. <laughs> he is the complete package. He has every ability established in this universe that one dragon can have. <laughs> yeah, he just has maxed his character sheet out at this point. And he's here to party. And you are here to party for him. 
<laughs> Whether you like it or not. <laughs> so. Oh, Dark Stalker. Anyway, this episode's going to be very long. Let's get into it. <laughs> so just a little bit of context on things you would know before reading Dark Stalker. We're going to try and just go through the book. But things you would kind of already know from reading the first series and the second series is uh, Darkstalker has animus magic, which the only limitation to animus magic is you can't bring people back from the dead. As far as we know. As far as we know. He even has like meta abilities, which we learn later, like removing animus magic from the universe, which someone does with animus magic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like it's, it's not even a who's more powerful situation. It's whoever does it first. It really <laughs> is just a like a gunfight, which you get shot, you die. Yeah, I mean we've only seen one battle between animuses, but let's be real. If they were smarter than those two, it's really just a quick draw. <laughs> yeah, something I'll definitely forget later, which is already a bit of a tangent. But they almost pull the analogy later like Clearsight does in the book, which we'll get into, that animus magician, animus dragons are essentially like weapons of mass destruction in our actual world, where it's like, yes, we have all of these nuclear bombs and like things that could just eradicate life on Earth, but we don't use them specifically because it would end so badly for everybody. So it's kind of like almost too powerful to be useful at times. It's, I don't know, it's interesting. I don't know why I had to bring that up right now, but I did. (laughs) Anyways, going back to what we were talking about before. You know about animus dragons? There aren't very many. They're extremely rare, and only some tribes of dragons have them. But we're familiar with their powers because, you know, once they die, the stuff they enchanted or whatever, they usually like to enchant objects to do things that have like special properties those things still remain after the animus themselves die so there's like a lot of those floating around but there aren't so many animus dragons themselves so we're kind of familiar with all these abilities they have and then in the second arc we meet a few animus dragons and see their different perspectives but Darkstalker is one, and unlike many other Animus Dragons, he is not afraid <laughs> to see what he can do. <laughs> oh no, he is not. <laughs> oh. And he's also, let's be real, the smartest about what he does with it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he's kind of stupid in that way. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that. So you might be thinking, wow, Animus Magic sounds like it has no drawbacks, which is not necessarily the case. Um, another animus we've heard of in the series before this point is one called Albatross, who went crazy and used his magic to kill a bunch of Seawing royalty, kill a bunch, it was like a, like a whole massacre They they still talk about thousands of years later. And it's kind of like this warning story that people tell about animus dragons, that if you, if they use their power then that decays their soul and then eventually they'll go crazy and they'll start murdering people which you know it seems to be backed up by these other kingdoms like the Icewing kingdom has the most animus dragons over time and they have a tradition where an animus touched dragon will use their power only once in their lifetime as like a big gift to the kingdom 
like what are some of the gifts there's like the gift of light or yeah the the gift of life there's the wall the ranking wall then there's the great ice wall which basically just makes it impossible for anyone else to get into the kingdom yeah it just murders anyone who's not an ice wing who tries to get into the kingdom which makes them basically invincible so they have yeah they have this gift but they only use it once because they don't want to go crazy and murder everybody, right? And they're heavily controlled by society. We actually get a little bit of that in the intro to Darkstalker with Arctic. Oh, yeah. His mother's, like, going to decide his gift for him. Yeah, I mean, there's Arctic. You get introduced to Albatross and Fathom. And, like, Darkstalker's the only person who just has, like, no <laughs> reins on him. No reigns within him, right? He has outside influences that are that temporarily he... stopping him. The only one he really cares about is Clear Sight. And even then, even then he's like, he he's actively caring. fighting that. He stops caring after a while. <laughs> well, it's oh, not that he goodness. stops caring. He just thinks he's right and everyone else is wrong. He's he's wrong. <laughs> but and yeah. That, that's like his most defining characteristic, though, is... He always thinks he's right, and everyone else is wrong. <laughs> yeah. So going in, you know Darkstalker's manipulative, you know Animus Magic is extremely powerful and extremely dangerous and has this great cost of you losing your soul if you use it too much. Oh, and have we mentioned that uh, Nightwing's born under the full moons? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Animus Magic is the greatest of his powers, but it is not his only power. You see... <laughs> In this world, there are three moons that orbit the planets, and when a Nightwing is born under one full moon, they'll either get, like, the gift of prophecy or mind reading. If they're born under two full moons, they'll get both. If they're born under three full moons, they'll get both, and both of them greatly enhanced. <laughs> Darkstalker was born under three full moons. So he can read minds and see the future and do whatever he wants except for bringing people back from the dead. <laughs> Which, I mean, honestly, if you really think about it, with Animus Magic, you could just read minds and see the future. Yeah, you could. <laughs> but, you know, it just is like the whole package, right? Yeah. He didn't even, he was, before he was even born, before he even hatched out of his egg, he was reading minds, so. Yeah. <laughs> Literally not even out of the egg and he's reading his parents' minds. Oh my goodness. So the intro. What are your thoughts on the intro? The intro. Just Arctic and Folk Slayer. Yes. Honestly, I don't remember my initial impressions of it the first time. All I remember is the second time I went through it. I'm like, I don't give a crap about these two. I want to get to Dark Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually like the intro, but I can see why people wouldn't. I mean, yeah, it's a good intro. I just wanted... I was impatient. Yeah. The first time I read it, I'm like, this is so adorable. And then the next time I saw those two characters, I'm like, what happened, bro? (laughs) They hate each other. (laughs) (laughs) So it's... Essentially, the intro is just Darkstalker's parents. He's a hybrid between a Nightwing and a Seawing. He and a sister. Icewing? Icewing and a Nightwing. Screw Seawings. And, except for one in particular. <laughs> I was going to say, don't tell Fathom that. <laughs> and they meet, um, Prince Arctic is a prince of the Icewing Kingdom, he's super important, he has animus magic, and we get this whole backstory about how he's not supposed to use it, and he knows that, and then he uses it to 
run away with Foslayer, who's just a Nightwing he just randomly meets. Ooh, it's very Romeo and Juliet-esque, where they just meet, and then they run away together, and then it ends badly. Yeah. <laughs> One thing, before we keep going, that I think we should mention about Animus Magic, is that it's genetic. It is genetic, yes. And I don't know why, I just thought about this. As far as I'm aware, I'm pretty sure the only, like, Arctic and his mom, Queen Diamond... That's the only time two animuses have been born back to back. That is actually insane that that happened. Like, it's kind of implied that there's about one. Well, her, Arctic, Darkstalker. Just those three, and then there's gaps between all other animuses. That is true. There's a three in a row. That's crazy. But it's seen as, like, this big political thing, because the Nightwings don't have animus magic, and the, the Icewings do. So they kind of thought... The Ice Wings are under the impression that, like, they essentially stole the prince to kind of have their own animus magic line now. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, they very much do want that, but that wasn't the original reason. Which is kind of why I like the intro, because it kind of gives, uh, like, a more human, <laughs> can I, human context? Yes, dragon, we, we can say that because... <laughs> Dragons are the humanized ones in this yeah. series. And then they're, they... they're human. Yeah. But it, what's the word? It like makes them more sympathetic, I guess. Relatable. Yeah. Um, it's the more relatable and like, yeah, I don't know. Human side. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. To this conflict that, hint, hint, goes on for thousands of years afterwards. Yep. We, I, we also know that Ice Wings and Night Wings hate each other. Like, yes. to this day, which is thousands of years later. Which they did not initially in Darkstalker's time. No, they were, I mean, they weren't, like, I mean, in Darkstalker's time, technically, they did. But right <laughs> yeah, before but Darkstalker's of him. time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're not friends. They have this long grudge. And we get to see the beginning of that, which is this. And then other things to happen later. And by the way, the person who's really responsible for that grudge, I mean, let's be real. Queen Diamond was the one holding on to everything. Yeah. And she, you find out in the <sighs> third arc, is the one who perpetuated that for thousands of years despite <laughs> not being alive for most of it. Yeah. She also did kick a hornet's nest. <laughs> yeah. She got stung and then decided to kick the nest, which, uh... It doesn't go well, <laughs> obviously. But yeah. Okay, but actually, though, if the Ice Wings were so upset about losing their animus, why didn't Diamond just have another freaking kid, and then her bloodline would keep going, and then animuses yeah. would show up again eventually? I mean, like, she's got siblings, too. They've got the line in there yeah, as like, well. <laughs> well. What happened she's, there? She's probably got brothers. That's another... We're not getting into that. Never mind. I just thought of another weird Wings of Fire thing well, that I haven't ever thought of, but we, we don't yeah, have time to mind. get into yeah, it. Yeah, we, we won't worry about it. Fathom. Chapter one. one. Intro is meet cute. Haha, I love you, Faux Slayer. Haha, I love you, Arctic. That will never change, obviously. <laughs> and then we get into Fathom, who is then... in the Sea Kingdom. And the first time I read this, I'm like, who's this clown? <laughs> and now I'm like... <laughs> Please, more Fathom chapters. Yeah, <laughs> I like love you, him. <laughs> you aren't expecting it. It's a book about Darkstalker, and the first 
character of the first chapter is a sea wing who's not even anywhere near the Night Kingdom. Yep, and someone you've never heard of. I think Darkstalker probably mentions him a few times in oh, the yeah, second Oh yeah, Darkstalker arc. mentions him. Yeah, he mentions him a few times, but just, you know, it's possible you've gotten to this point and never have heard him. Because the, re- you... the release order for the books was... Like, Darkstalker gets kind of released from his prison under this mountain, and then this book comes out, so it was subtly encouraging people to read it then. Um, but you could also read it after. There's Which different. There's merits to I both. Yeah, yeah, that's what... I, I don't know what I did. And I'm pretty sure that's what I did. Let's, if you do it like that, you'll find out pretty quickly that Darkstalker hates Fathom. <laughs> <laughs> He's he not a Fathom fan. He hates Fathom. It's okay. I'm a fan enough for both of us. But you also find out that the reason he hates Fathom is because they were once best friends. Yeah. <laughs> were they, though? <laughs> yeah. I mean... I am gen- On my second read-through, I genuinely question whether Darkstalker actually liked Fathom, like, pretty much at all. Yeah, I think he... <laughs> I mean, he was definitely still manipulative. Yeah. But... He, I think he did like Fathom way. to some yeah. degree, especially yeah, I guess... since he had the one enchantment for a bell ring anytime Fathom felt lonely. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. That's still kind of sus, but because yeah. <laughs> he uses it to be like this guy's best friend or whatever to make him trust him. But I don't know. It's complicated with this guy. Just like he doesn't think like a normal person. He's very egotistical (laughs) when you're the most powerful dragon (laughs) to ever exist in pyria that's true he does have visions from his childhood of of himself becoming like the god king of pyria (laughs) in charge of everybody and like owner of the world which he's still trying to achieve two thousand years later (laughs) yeah which i imagine would give you at least a bit of an ego as a child oh yeah where was i going oh I was going to make a dumb copy-pasta joke. You've heard the, if there are a thousand fans of Fathom, I am one of them. (laughs) If there are ten fans of Fathom, I am one of them. If there is one fan of Fathom, it is me. If there are zero fans of Fathom, then I am no longer breathing. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of that before, but (laughs) It's, I I don't know. I don't know. I I had to do it. I am no longer. I am the Fathom fan. But anyway... I don't remember vaguely, like, specifically each chapter, but I do remember Fathom was first, and it's him learning he has animus magic, which the Sea Wings also have animus magic, just not as often, I guess. Well, apparently often enough for it to be in... Technically, that's also one generation, but it's not direct lineage. Because Albatross is his uncle. It's his grandfather, I thought. Hold on. Am I? Okay. No, Actually, am I? Be... I maybe be remembering this wrong. Uncle, grandfather. Great uncle? I don't know. I think it's his grandfather. Is it grandfather? I okay. think so. Never mind that. I'm. Oh, yeah, because his parents are Manta and someone else. <laughs> <laughs> they're not important. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're important to him, but they You're not. right, you're right. It is his grandfather, because I do remember. Okay, I. We'll get to that. Yeah. But anyway, Albatross is like the one animus dragon in the Sea Kingdom. Sister, or he's 
the brother of the queen and he's kind of like a grumpy old man kind of type we see early on and he has like some tension with the queen where she's like very demanding of him and he's kind of like whatever i guess like whatever you say ma'am <laughs> kind with of deal going on snark put into that ma'am as possible <laughs> yeah but this is like a must be like a traditional thing for sea wings but like the princes are not important at all <laughs> yeah it's in this society it's a matriarchy so there's only queens no kings ever well almost or <laughs> maybe there's a king sometime <laughs> but the so princes they're still like important because they're royal blood or whatever but they themselves cannot be in charge so a lot of the time they just get to fly under the radar which is what fathom is doing at the beginning of his book he has you know his friend, best friend Indigo, is, like, a commoner, technically. But, like, they let him get away with having common peasant friends because, like, it's just a prince. Like, he's not that important. He's just a prince. Until now, because now he has animus magic, so there's another one, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Albatross makes it pretty clear right off the bat that he doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah. Not... I mean, like, he's kind of nice for a while. You're right, but the moment he finds out, Fathom's yeah. a... Uh, I almost said an albatross. <laughs> I'm an albatross. No, um, if Adam's an animus, then <laughs> you can tell it, it, like, I can envision it so clearly in my head. He's clearly gritting his teeth and yeah. then using magic to strangle a seagull behind Fathom. <laughs> yeah. He's conflicted, we'll say. But we already know about Albatross. All we know about Albatross is he committed mass murder. And so we're meeting this guy and we're like, oh, he's going to commit a mass murder, isn't he? And just the whole first few chapters of Fathom are like, oh, when's the murder going to happen? <laughs> when is he going to murder everybody? And, you know, eventually he does murder everybody. And you get to see it firsthand. It is horrifying. Anyway... Next is <laughs> next is Darkstalker, right? Um, yeah, Darkstalker is the second chapter. Right. It starts with him in the egg. He's in his egg with he and his sister, listening to his parents argue. He knows that he's going to be born on the, the brightest night, is what it's called, where the three moons are out. So he's already got his powers coming in. He's already an animus. And he realizes he really doesn't like his father because he's... And his father really doesn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> they they have that mutual understanding before he's even <laughs> born. Yeah, his father's bitter about his new status as not a prince. He didn't realize how much he was going to miss that. And he also misses the Ice Kingdom because he's just uncomfortable in the Night Kingdom because he's an outsider, the wrong climate. Just the not not a good place. He just kind of hates everyone and everything. He's really, really bitter. And Darkstalker can read his mind, and he's like, I don't like this guy. He is kind of awful on the inside. <laughs> and one interesting thing about the hatching, other than, you know, parents arguing or whatever, is what he does to his sister. What he doesn't do what to his sister. What he doesn't do to his sister well i don't know because it's kind of implied that she wouldn't have hatched it all if he hadn't like 
helped her, but he also intentionally delayed helping her so she wouldn't be like him. I don't know, because what I got from it was that she was going to hatch anyway, but she was just staying still, you know, like, taking her time. Yeah. <laughs> and he could have helped her. He definitely had, even that young, had the thought to help her. Yeah. He had the thought that Turtle had many thousands of years later. <laughs> yeah. I've always read White Out, which is his sister, as autistic, right? Is that yeah. just a me thing? No, okay. that's essentially what yeah. he portrays her. It doesn't as. say, obviously, but it's it's... I feel like it's pretty obvious that she's somewhere on the spectrum. And so she's just, you know, sees the world a lot differently than everyone else. Like, even Darkstalker, I think he says, that, like, whenever he reads her mind, he's just, like, always surprised by what she's thinking about or something. Because he doesn't even understand her thoughts. Yeah. It says, instead of thinking in words, she thinks in colors and waves. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's great. <laughs> yeah. We love White Out. We love White Out. But he they're like his parents are worried she's not gonna hatch because the egg looks a little different or something. I don't know. Maybe I just missed the part where he actually does help. <laughs> but he sees fu- the future of he's already seeing the future, like his grand future, and he sees that in the future is where she has the same powers as him. She's, like, sometimes his best friend and sometimes his, like, most bitter rival. And so he chooses to, like, not have the risk of the rival. Yeah, he sees that he can help her hatch her out of her egg on this brightest night to have mind reading and have future sight powers. But he chooses not to, so she doesn't have those powers, which is crazy because he's not born yet and he's already making extremely morally sus decisions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the first chapter is just him hatching right yeah it's like him. it's just him hatching he's barely out of the egg by the time it ends yeah i talk about how much i love fathom all the time but honestly with clear sight it is actually very close i also really love clear yeah sight. oh man i i i like clear sight more than fathom yeah but i don't know whose chapters are better that's true Clearsight has only one of the Nightwing powers. She has the ability to see the future. But you learn pretty early on that she's, like, the best at it. <laughs> no one is nearly as good as her. Yeah, her ability is way more powerful than anyone else's. Yeah, where a lot of the Nightwing seers, as they're called, can just just see, like, vague notions of the future and a lot of the time they're not even sure if like they're just imagining it or if it's actually a vision they receive cryptic prophecies yeah she basically has like 4k of exactly what can happen at any point and can see what (laughs) every little choice like what that branches into yeah she can follow along different timelines like it always gets weird with time travel and like future sight in this version it's like every little choice you make branches off into the future so like you can see things that might be more likely to happen or like the worst possible future she's just very good at like navigating this i guess mindscape or something but we know know what you're thinking yes it does essentially (laughs) drive her insane not literally but it stresses (laughs) her out very much (laughs) her first chapter she's 
three, which dragons in this series age a lot faster than humans, so they're well, supposed to two be... and a half. Two and a half. There's, yeah, they're supposed to be in school at one, and she's almost three. And she just spends all her days in the library with big scrolls of paper trying to write out all possible futures. Think about those images of conspiracy theorists and their cork boards. That is literally <laughs> what she's doing with future timelines. As a child. <laughs> and her parents are like, okay, honey, uh, happy for you, I guess. <laughs> They're like vaguely supportive. They're funny. They're great. But she knows about Darkstalker, obviously. She knows about this. He's going to be such an important figure. And she has seen the future and he's seen the future and they are like destined to be together essentially and fall yeah. in love. They know, they both know that they're going to be together. Yeah. And Darkstalker is looking forward to that very much. And then Clearsight <laughs> yeah. intentionally delays it for as many years as she yeah, can. She's trying to, cause she can see that not all of their futures together are like bright and happy. A disturbing amount are not yeah. bright and happy. She very frequently thinks about like, the possible family they're going to have together. Like, since she's viewing the future all the time, she almost knows, like, her children, but, like, they haven't been born yet, or and they won't be for a long time. Or they might not ever be, <laughs> which is so weird. It's so weird. I love, just, ugh, I love thinking about her power so much. It's great. And I yoinked it <laughs> for a short story. <laughs> I indirectly <laughs> yoinked it. There's a lot. The more I like get into this book, the more I realize how much Visser has in common with multiple characters in this book. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I yoinked Clearsight's power for a short story because I wanted there to be two people like this and kind of what happened with them. And I liked the short story so much. I like changed a few things kind of. And I liked it so much that I reused it again for a game I'm making with a friend. <laughs> Which, we'll probably talk about that at some point. Oh. On here. I don't think I've told you much about that. You've basically just mentioned that it's going to happen. It's got clear sight. <laughs> it's awesome. It's great. We've already started working on it. Anyway, I love clear sights. Just the whole character, the whole idea of her constantly combing over all these futures, trying to basically make have like this perfect life. But, like, later it mentions that she seems so much older than she is because she's lived vicariously through herself in the future. <laughs> yeah, there are moments where she, like, in the book, she meets people and then just, like, is super... Yeah, with Fathom. Yeah, w with Fathom, with, um... I mean, it's a little different with her and Darkstalker because they yeah. both knew. But... Yeah. And then she's just, like, so excited to talk to them again. And then, wait, I haven't talked to them. Yeah. <laughs> I've never met this person before. That's so weird. It's such a, oh, it's just such a cool concept of, like, a literal soulmate where they both know, like, from the moment they're born that they're going to be together and they're going to do all these things. But, like, you know, they don't know how it's going to end. It's, I love it. Well, Darkstalker's so pretty certain how it's going to end. Yeah. So Dark he Stalker, doesn't know, but... Yeah, Darkstalker's more competent as a seer than most other seers, like, because of the three moons, right? He's good at it. But he kind of tends to focus on his other abilities more. He doesn't... Like, he like He sees the future, and he, it helps him out sometimes, but he doesn't like to spend so much time 
thinking about the future and trying to figure out like all these possibilities as Clearsight does. He kind of just sticks with the thing that he sees as most possible. And he's a little biased, I would say, where he likes to imagine that most likely outcome is the one he wants the most. I don't even think that's it. I think he's just... I think he actively tries to make the one he wants the most likely outcome. Yeah. He... Yeah. And consider... Actually, you know what? You could argue that it's, like, kind of self-fulfilling. Because of Darkstalker's power, what he wants is the most likely outcome. (laughs) That's very true. He does have the power to kind of just make whatever he wants happen. Yeah, I mean... And his foresight is second only to Clearsight. Yeah. Man, they're so good. It's so good. <laughs> they they meet, right, in this chapter. No, I think they meet in a later chapter. We can talk about it now. So Clearsight eventually gets like, you know, she goes to school for the first time. She's trying to avoid him because they, they're at the same Nightwing school or whatever. They lock eyes for a moment and she dips. <laughs> she runs away and she goes to her seer class where she realizes very quickly that she's just way better than everybody there, including the teacher. He was the teacher like, doesn't like that. Yeah, uh, the teacher doesn't like that. But, like, the Nightwings, um, the other seers, try and, like, part of... It's almost like an art for them, right? Seeing, it's not something they do very often, so they kind of make it an art, where they come up with, like, rhymes and stuff yeah. to kind of make their vision seem more, like, mysterious or whatever. Other seers can't even control when they see the future. Yeah, they can't control it. They can't to see what they want to see. They just kind of see whatever. And that even happens to Clearsight. Occasionally, yeah. Occasionally. But she also can just... has free reign to see pretty much whatever she wants. And she's, like, kind of confused. Like, why are you trying to make your visions more confusing and mysterious instead of having them be to clarify things, you know? (laughs) Queen asking that same question later. (laughs) Yeah, so they're both really powerful. Obviously, Darkstalker's got a little more going for him. But, you know... Even without his animus magic, like, he's already a top-tier drag. He's already an <laughs> SS-tier, practically. Yeah. <laughs> Darkstalker is the SS-tier of this universe. Right. The only one. He's the one. He's the top of the tier list. Back to Fathom, I, oh, wait, we're talking about them meeting, and I got sidetracked again. I'm oh. trying to keep this in order so we don't jump around too much. <laughs> I am not even going to bother to try. That's, <laughs> I'm letting you do more of the talking. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they kind of have, like, this, like, Darkstalker schedules a meeting, and it's just so good. I wish I had the book on Did you me. say Darkstalker schedules the meeting? I mean, he, like, has, like, his whole plan, right, with his sister... Like, walking through the group of dragons playing marbles, and then he, like, makes fun of them for being dumb. And, like, I don't know. I wish I had I, the book. Was that necessarily planned? Because Clearsight evidently can avoid him with her ability being stronger than his. Yeah. And he does, evidently, is a little surprised by their interaction at that moment. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, they're both kind of, like, in awe that they're finally meeting, because, like, again, they've met technically before. Like, they're very familiar with who the other person is, but they haven't actually met, which is weird for both of them. I don't know. I wish I had the book. It's just good. I don't know. That scene is just so good. Yeah, I I love it, too, because Clearsight is so anxious about everything, 
up to that point. You know, she's a very timid character. And then when she steps out in front of Darkstalker for the first time to meet him, suddenly she's just like, she's like sassy and yeah. just immediately confident. Yeah, you can tell the training's paid off. This is, of all the things she's thought about a million times, this is probably the one she's thought about the most. <laughs> so she knows what she's doing. I'm going to talk about some sea wings dying now. <laughs> Heck yeah, I do. So back in Fathomland, um, his grandfather's kind of been teaching him about animus magic and like how he uses animus magic. But at the same time, trying to keep a tight rein on... Fathoms, I'm going to have such a hard time saying Fathom instead of Turtle at moments. <laughs> um, but he's, like, keeping a tight rein on Fathom's use of magic. Yeah. He, essentially, what he's getting at is, what um, Albatross is getting at is he's been the, he's been important for so long, and he doesn't get along with the queen. They don't like each other. But he's so important, right, as the only animus that, like, she's kind of had to respect him at least enough to keep him around. And now that there's another one, she's, he's realizing he's under threat, like, once Fathom's properly trained and he can be the Animus Dragon and they don't need Albatross anymore, like, he's worried about what's going to happen to him. And the Queen threatens that to his face. Yeah, which is fair. And then during some diplomatic thing, the Queen threatens it to his face and that is <laughs> when things go very wrong. <laughs> yeah, she's all like, well, it's a good thing you're not my only animus, isn't it? And then he's like, yeah, knife. <laughs> yep, he just straight up stabs her. No, he actually slashes her throat. But <laughs> He straight up slashes her throat. She dies. And then I made starts... a stabbing motion, but that's not important. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he starts using his magic to just murder everybody. And for those people who still don't understand how powerful animuses are, the dude is standing calmly while everyone is getting massacred. He's not even <laughs> moving. People are trying to kill him and they're dying before they can get to him. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's weird. I don't, okay. There's a weird thing with animus magic where obviously since it's so powerful, like if you really think about it, it's extremely easy to think of like ways almost like plot holes with like why didn't they think to do this right mm -hmm. but it's just i don't know like it's easy enough it's easy for me at least to ignore in most of the stories because it's like all spectacle every time there's animus and i am yeah. here for it like he could just say oh i want all these annoying sea wings to die and then they would just drop dead but instead he's like hey knife go brutally murder everybody in sight <laughs> one at a time <laughs> i i think it honestly just has to do with like the dragon using the magic's mindset because yeah. you think about it like darkstalker acknowledges this directly with how paranoid indigo is because there's a moment where he just says well it's a good thing you're not anonymous with all these ideas isn't it yeah yeah that's part of it but even then like someone like darkstalker He's got no excuses for losing twice. <laughs> he <laughs> is definitely though. clever enough to come up with ways to make himself, like, invulnerable. Well, he did. Like, <laughs> actually invulnerable, though. <laughs> well, you think about it. When you've got that much power, like, 
you really don't think you need to do that much. Just about anything you do should be enough. Yeah, I can see it being like an ego thing as well. As where he just, you know, he all he thinks he's so much smarter than everybody, which for a lot of people he is. I mean, think about it. Like, I don't know. How much are we talking about the second arc again? (laughs) (laughs) You can bring it up. Oh, because he did protect himself physically in just about every way. Apparently his eyes are the only unprotected spot on him. And he protected himself magically by making it so no other animuses could hurt him with magic. So they didn't. (laughs) Right. But he only did that after his first epic failure (laughs) (laughs) to protect himself from magic. But considering he decided to protect himself physically and magically, he's like, what else is there to worry about? Yeah, that's true. He did get outplayed pretty hard in the second one. He got outplayed. (laughs) Yeah, you're right, you're right. But he's going the more gruesome route, murdering everybody, albatrosses. And Fathom and his friend Indigo, I mentioned earlier, are like, oh, freak, let's get out of here. (laughs) So they run and hide, and it's like... It's very serial killer, like, movie, like, horror movie-esque of, like, they're hiding in this dark room and they hear the footsteps. And then he, like, flips over the canoe they're under or whatever. And he's like, hi, I'm gonna murder you because you're awful and I hate you. And he's taunting him as he's walking up to them. He is taunting his grandson that he is going to murder and hates very much more than we would have guessed. (laughs) But, again... He was going back to that mindset for why animuses don't do certain things. I mean, Albatross says it right then. He's like, yo, I'm betting you're wondering why I didn't just enchant this knife to come kill you for me. Yeah. Because I want to see the look on your face. Yeah, he's he's off the deep end. We'll say some sea wing humor there. Off the deep end. <laughs> Very funny. And then Indigo jumps on albatross and starts clawing him and well he's in the moments he's distracted fathom uses animus magic to get him impaled on a bunch of spears which you know he deserves it but it's also gruesome and also fathom is a child and now he has emotional damage (laughs) emotional damage (laughs) he is unwell we'll say for the rest of the book with who he is (laughs) And what he can do. So in the aftermath of all this, pretty much most of the royal family's dead. Fathom's parents are dead. I think it's worth mentioning that Indigo was dying in that encounter too. Oh yeah, Indigo was dying. And Fathom uses animus magic to kind of seal her wounds and bring her back to life. Not bring her back to life. She wasn't dead yet. Yeah. But stop her from definitely dying. Yeah, Albatross brought her within an inch of death. She was bleeding out. (laughs) Like, if Fathom had hesitated, she probably would have died. Yeah. So the royal family's dead. The Sea Wing is in shambles. The The Sea Wing? Sea Kingdom. The Sea Kingdom (laughs) is in shambles. The only Sea Wing. (laughs) The Sea Kingdom is in shambles. The Sky Kingdom's pissed because they're... um, They're two... Ambassadors or whatever they sent got wrecked. Yeah, there were two Sky Wings at that party that albatross wrecked Uh, yeah one of them got murdered the other was alive that's that's true i think they still would have been suspicious if neither of them had come back though (laughs) yeah 
So the kingdom's not doing well. Fathom's sister, Pearl, right? Yeah. Pearl. Pearl. Yeah. She's like the princess. So she's like been the important one for her family. Like they're the, she's the one who couldn't possibly become queen one day. So they give all their attention to her and not really fathom. And so she's all of a sudden the queen now just because she's the only candidate left. (laughs) Yeah. Only her and their quote insane aunt. (laughs) Oh yeah. Their insane aunt. How'd you remember that? (laughs) Cause I did. That's weird. Cause I remember them talking about how Albatross found out about his powers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Albatross found out about his powers by having his sister's talents fall out, right? It's more specific, (laughs) uh, more gruesome. Yeah. He was playing with a clam, pretending it was a dragon. Then his sisters teased him for it. One of them snatched it from him. And him just, in the moment, yells at the clam, bite her talons off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what happened. Ooh. Yeah. Albatross also didn't have a good experience with magic throughout his life. But, you know, doesn't justify mass murder, so screw him. (laughs) But Fathom's kind of screwed up. He makes a blood oath to his sister, who's now the queen. Like, I'd forgotten about this, but... The sister's first decree is that animus magic is no longer allowed at all. Yeah, which means just Fathom isn't allowed to use animus magic, because he's the only one. But he makes an oath, he like cuts his own hand open or something to be like, hey, I'm never going to use magic again. And his sister, who knows how good of friends he is with Indigo. And honestly, at this point, it's already gotten into like the romantic tension between them as they're getting older. They're starting to <laughs> see each other in a romantic light. But his, And his sister's well aware of all this. And she's like, You're, you can't be around Indigo then because like, you say you'll never use animus magic. But can you honestly tell me that if you needed to, you wouldn't use it if Indigo asked or something? There were technically two oaths. One was to not use magic and the other was to not have dragonettes. Yeah, not have any children to keep the, to kind of stop the animus magic. So that lineage doesn't continue. Yeah, which is stupid because she also (laughs) has animus magic lineage. But, you know, whatever, Pearl, we get you. It's for drama reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Fathom's kind of depressed. Rightly so. And that's how he stays. <laughs> yep. And in my memory, that's where the chapter would end, and we would go back to Clairsight and Darkstalker. I'm not keeping track of where the <laughs> chapters end. I'm pretty sure we've already skipped several chapters and then included them in one rush. <laughs> yeah, it's fine, it's fine. It's like minor stuff, like her going to like clear sight going to the seer wait we did talk about that though i don't know then if i just forgot about it but there is an important moment it's like clear sight and darkstalker's first date kind of thing where he shows up at her house during like a storm or something and they go trying to trick her being like ah she'll never see this coming me flying out in this crazy storm and she's sitting there waiting for him (laughs) (laughs) yeah and this is important for me. I was writing down quotes, but I ended up only writing this one down because this was the one that was like, I should write some quotes that are good. But while they're out, Clearsight's like being weird as he's talking about the future. 
because they can both see the future, which is again is crazy and amazing in terms of story. But she keeps like hesitating to interact with him because like she's seeing these dark futures of like what he could do, and she doesn't want to like encourage him to do the wrong thing, and she's all worried about what's gonna happen. And he says, "Don't blame me for things I haven't done yet," which I think is like so key to her and his relationship afterwards of like yes i could do all these horrible things but i haven't done any of those things i'm different i'm not that person i am me right now like focus on me right now and she keeps coming back to this idea of like being in the moment with him like at all times and stuff but he kind of was that person (laughs) He, he eventually does become that person but even he is kind he's of pretty much, he is pretty scummy in his perspective on this date thing she she asks him not to read her mind which you know fair <laughs> i would not be comfortable with that either but he still does it and he always like justifies it to himself on like oh that was an accident like i i just can't help it sometimes right which we do get from in the second arc there's another character you can read read minds called moon watcher And she does have that similar thing of, like, sometimes it's hard to not listen to people's minds. Like, it's just something she does. She just can't really help it. It's like if they were talking to her, she can't just, like, close her ears without, I guess, I don't know. A lot of times she doesn't (laughs) even want to read other people's minds. Yeah. But I remember a specific line from Darkstalker where he's like, he regretted making that promise to stay out of her mind because it's so fascinating in there. Yeah. Yeah, he... For, I, honestly, for the most part, we'll give him some credit. He does respect it. It's every once in a while, though, for the rest of the story, he does catch a glimpse of her well, mind. it can't be for the rest of the story, because... Yeah, near the end, he just doesn't care anymore. No, because not oh, long yeah, yeah, after... Yeah, that's true. He gives her a bracelet. Well, she, she asks, asks him it. to give her something to stop mind readers from reading her mind. And she tries to be like, oh, you know, like, I've got a friend who's a mind reader at school. And, you know, the principal's a mind reader. I don't want them reading my mind. But on the inside, she's like, and you. I don't want you reading my mind either. (laughs) And he's, like, kind of offended about it. But he still does it anyway. Because they're still, like, a new... It's still, like, new for them. And he's trying to be like, I am not, like, the evil dark stalker. You see, I'm the good one. Yeah. But that's critically important, because without that, yeah, the rest of the story would not happen <laughs> the way it does. Yeah, he would not be, let's just say he would be more and more disturbed by the things he heard as the story goes on. Because she starts trusting him less and less, because he starts being more and more crazy and evil. The sociopathy really starts to set in. <laughs> yeah, so they, in the Night Kingdom, they're also aware of this use too much animus magic and it'll damage your soul idea yeah everybody's seen arctic <laughs> yeah arctic is like their prime example of you know dark stalker hates him and doesn't want to be like him so even he's a little hesitant to use his magic at first which quickly goes away when he comes up with a solution which is he puts all his magic into a scroll and then it can't damage his soul because it's not in him anymore, right? Is his idea. So he, he can write commands down on this scroll and then it'll be, they'll happen. But if he uses it, he can't use the magic actually himself anymore. But that's a huge turning point for Clearsight. That's what actually makes her trust him. 
Yeah. In the beginning, because she sees that there weren't a lot of futures where he made that scroll, but most of the ones he did were good. Right. She honestly never expected that to actually happen, for him to be, like, humble enough and, I guess... Open, kind of open to that idea because she talks about some futures where she suggests it and he's kind of like resistant to the idea but for him to do it himself she's like really impressed by that and kind of sees it as things are going right things are going to be good like I can maybe stop worrying so much about it and kind of follow his advice of being in the moment not judging him for someone he isn't yet and just let us be like who we are at this moment we can worry about the future as it comes kind of deal. It's good stuff. So Darkstalker, Clearsider hanging out and using Animus magic foolishly with the scroll. Like he's kind of showing off like, oh, now I can use magic however I want. And I won't, you know, nobody will get hurt. Like I won't damage my soul. And they left the door open, which is a rookie mistake. Because Dad Arctic walks in, and he is not pleased. <laughs> he didn't even know Darkstalker was an animus up to this yeah. point. Darkstalker's kept it a secret from everybody, except obviously Clearsight, up until this point. And his dad's like, hmm, an animus. <laughs> Interesting. His dad already suspected it, but he didn't know. Yeah. Their dad, also, he's been, obviously, like, he's been arguing with their his mom, with the mom Moonwatch or Foslayer. Foslayer, man. I'm I hope Moonwatcher's not the mom. No, 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 no. <laughs> Foslayer. And the primarily the argument has been about Arctic wanting to go home to the Sea Kingdom. And he's gotten messages from the Icewing Queen that if he kills his children, then he'll be welcome back home, right? So there's no animus magic blood in the Nightwing tribe. And, like, he's not going to do it, but he is using it as a threat against Foslayer, which is... Think about that next time you tell me to go home. Yeah. So, like, obvi like you know, not as bad as killing your children, but still, like, an enormous tool move to threaten to kill your children. <laughs> which, he's an enormous tool, so it makes sense. <laughs> he is an enormous tool. But he also kind of sees this as an opportunity to gain more ground here, almost. Like, he, d he hates Darkstalker, and... He's not happy about this development, but he kind of uses it to get more power with the Night Queen, which Darkstalker ends up working directly for the Night Queen after this rev revelation is out. And so he's now at the Night Palace, you know, advising, and the Night Queen's like, they're at war with the Ice Wings over, you know, the whole Arctic situation. So the Night Queen's like, oh, you should use your power to just wipe out the Ice Wings. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Which, you know, he probably regrets later in his life that he didn't do that. Well, <laughs> I mean. He tries to do it later. <laughs> there, yeah, there is a point later where he's going to do it. And then yeah. Clearsight gives him all the reasons not to. Yeah. And then in the second arc, he does give them a, a plague. That's yeah, he going tries. To, that's going he to tries. kill them all. <laughs> oh, he's such a tool. Because the thing is, he's <laughs> trying to do it discreetly, too, so Moon doesn't hate him. <laughs> I guess all the ice wings are sick at once. I wonder what could be oh, happening. Oh, no, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, not a big fan of ice wings, even though he is, 
he is half Icewing. Doesn't Although, really look like it. Yeah. Only has a few white scales. But yeah, his sister, um, Whiteout, has is like obviously a hybrid, like almost half and half from the description. And she's supposed to be like you know they always talk about how she's like the most beautiful, which which interesting. I don't even. <laughs> I don't well, know why. Here's they the thing. I don't even so have much. like a clear picture for her in my head. But I do imagine her as being very good looking. Yeah, with the uh, just black and white, mm. like even more so than the rain wings in my head. Like something about her is just, dang girl. <laughs> I swear I'm not a scaly. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, fathom, fathom. We're going back to fathom because they're about to meet. It's going to be hype. It's actually really good. But Fathom is kind of alone now. Yeah, there's a time jump right here yeah, from there, Fathom's last appearance. Yeah, there's a bit of a time jump where Fathom's just been alone for a while because he doesn't have Indigo anymore because of his promise yeah. to his sister. He's still depressed. Everyone hates him because he's an animus. Yeah, everybody's either afraid of him or hates him or both, mostly both. So he's just really isolated and he kind of is just doing his own thing, which he's pretty introspective so it's not necessarily like a huge death sentence although it would suck a lot yeah but he queen pearl his sister learns about darkstalker from the night wings and they kind of she's in communicating with the night queen who's realizing that like after pearl tells the story about albatross and what happened she realizes, like, maybe I should be afraid of this animus mad, animus dragon. I think it's also Darkstalker's general attitude she sees. It is, is like, yeah. ooh, Darkstalker's <laughs> don't want that. Also not very uh, obedient, we'll say. He's got a bit of an attitude issue. Also the Night Queen, she's kind of awful. Yeah. I don't remember her name. Vigilance. Vigilance. She's kind of the worst <laughs> as well. Let's just say humble and submissive isn't exactly a trait that runs in Nightwings, but especially not those two. <laughs> <laughs> no. They do not get along. Uh, otherwise, I mean, they have to because she's the queen. And so he has to like at least listen to her. But she also can't. Which use he also his magic. realizes he technically doesn't have to. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, they both realize that he doesn't have to. Him much sooner than her. <laughs> but um, Pearl sends Dark or sends Fathom to the Night Kingdom to kind of train Darkstalker and or like to teach him not to use his powers and as like a double whammy just to get Fathom out of the kingdom because nobody wants him there and. There's, like, angsty stuff with Indigo, like, oh, I haven't seen her in so long, and oh, I can't, like, talk to her because then I'll become evil. And it's pretty obvious that it's nonsense, but he's very convinced of the fact that if he ever uses his magic again, he will become evil and start murdering people. Which, you know, <laughs> he's had some experiences in the recent past that might support that thesis. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he agrees to go, and this is where he meets Darkstalker, which is very, I don't it's good. I like it a lot, because Clear Sight's not there. I think it's very yeah. beneficial. That, any, any, anytime Clear Sight isn't present with Darkstalker, which is, you know, I think that's probably why Darkstalker's chapters aren't as good, because the other characters aren't as present in them. Yeah. 
But that's also when you get the realist look at Darkstalker. He's when the others aren't around. He is a little different when Clearsight's not around. You can just like tell from by how he acts. But especially when it's from his perspective. So he and Clearsight obviously both knew about Fathom beforehand. And Clearsight's like, oh, I love Fathom. Like he's gonna be such a good friend to us and stuff, and like we're gonna be lifelong friends and like have our families together or whatever. And Darkstalker's like, oh yeah, that's Fathom. I know him. <laughs> and he's like, oh, why is he here so early or something? Like he just hasn't thought about him very much. And immediately, um, Indigo, who's there as Fathom's bodyguard, she like forced herself kind of onto the mission, like by being a little manipulative. She's seen as the one who is responsible for killing Albatross, so they all call They her- never told anyone that it was technically fathom who killed albatross yes yeah, they all say it was indigo and so she's like she's super respected animus slayer yeah the animus slayer so everyone's like oh of course she has to go and pearl's like okay whatever just groaning inwardly <laughs> yeah she's not happy about the arrangements but she's kind of just out of the book after this point so who cares what she thinks anymore we're yeah. in the night kingdom now everyone's together the whole gang is here so indigo is like very protective of Fathom, and she's also just a really good bodyguard because she wants to live up to her Animus Slayer name of like actually being someone who could do that. And she kind of well, didn't. She's just yeah, and she <laughs> kind of, you know, didn't have a, her best friend anymore. So I imagine she felt filled her time with beating up punching bags or something, <laughs> <laughs> becoming strong. So she's there. She immediately doesn't trust Darkstalker, like, at all, when she learns that... Finally, a sensible yeah. person. <laughs> Particularly when she can realizes he can read minds and see the future. She's like, we should just, like, kill him right now, <laughs> because he could be very bad for everybody. Which is an extreme conclusion, but not necessarily an incorrect one. <laughs> I was gonna say, she's not wrong, really. <laughs> Morally, it is questionable, but... Technically, she's right. Morally questionable. Uh, what's the other word I'm looking for? Ambiguous. If, if you want results, though. Oh, yeah. If yeah. you want morally questionable in the moment, morally correct in the future. <laughs> yeah. I completely forgot that she almost, like, she almost kills him, right? Yeah, she, she has her blade to his throat. Their yeah. first meeting. Yeah, Darksucker has some protective measures. He has, like, this tail band or something that kills if he touches someone with it. But, like, he realizes after this that, like, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been fast enough. Like, if she had been faster, she could yeah. have killed me. And he gets It's really... not even if she had been faster, if she hadn't stopped. Because... Yeah, if Fathom hadn't stopped her or she hadn't hesitated, then he would have just died yeah. right there. But they... Yeah... Anyway, we'll get... So, that jars Darkstalker a little. <laughs> he is not happy with, you know, someone he considered unimportant before now, being, like, having such power over him for even a moment. And he makes himself invincible. <laughs> His scales become invincible. And, yeah, I think it's implied that he also makes himself immortal at this point. But it doesn't right out say it. It doesn't... It doesn't say exactly when he does that. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. He does. Well, 
He never technically admits that he did it. Yeah, but him and Fathom, this first their meeting is so good because Fathom's like, you can't use your magic, it's so bad. And Darkstalker's like, oh, you idiot. <laughs> if only you knew. <laughs> you should... He almost has, like... I would say his most genuine feeling towards Fathom is almost like... Like pity, I guess. Which, you know, it's not the first emotion you want your friends to feel towards you when you first meet them. But, like, it's still just, like, almost is... I don't know. It's hard to say because he's so weird, right? I don't think like him. But it mm. almost feels to me like he wants Fathom to use his magic again. Almost for himself over for Fathom's sake. Like, I don't know. It's like an ego thing where, like, this is someone who also has this power like him. But then he sees them as so pathetic. And so he wants them to be great like him, kind of. I don't know. It's weird. I think it's just a superiority complex. He's like, you are literally better than everyone else because you have it. <laughs> yeah. But he's, yeah, that's it. Kind so of his, he's basically just saying act like it. Yeah. Him and Fathom are weird together, man. <laughs> but that's kind of like his driving motivation with Fathom is getting him to use his abilities again. Use his animus magic again. And Fathom has the exact opposite goal of getting Darkstalker to stop using his magic. Basically, <laughs> I just realized that. Darkstalker's got a total of two friends, and both are actively working against his two goals. <laughs> That's true. But Indigo is very... She's just the smartest character. <laughs> she needs... Darkstalker's she's read smart, the book. Yeah, Indigo's, Indigo's smarter. Indigo's read this book. <laughs> She knows what happens. Indigo is easily the most sensible character in yeah. the book. She's also just really intuitive with what she does. This is a, definitely the part of the book that starts getting muddled of like what happens next, kind of. I know yeah. Clear Sight goes on a side quest with a side character <laughs> that we haven't mentioned. She has like a friend. Listener. She has a friend who can read minds named Listener. She's there to be like both a foil for clear sight which i think she's all right at and just to be like tension relief for when she's not with dark stalker and you know actively worrying about the end of the world she can just relax with her friend and they go on a side quest and realize that the ice wings are going to invade by swimming around the continent kind of and like coming from the water because they can't contest the night wings in the air for some reason, that they don't ever mention. Nightwings are just too good, man. <laughs> but, so she sees that, she sees a vision of it after seeing some Nightwing scouts, or some Icewing scouts, and goes to the queen with Darkstalker and is like, hey, this is what's gonna happen, this is how many there's gonna be that's gonna happen at this time, probably on this day, and yeah, you should be ready for that. And the queen's like... Looks at... <laughs> looks, at <laughs> looks at her... Head seer, <laughs> who was Clearsight's teacher. She's like, "You heard about this? You you hear about this?" And she's like, "I did mention a vague." <laughs> it gives her a couple vague lines that she mentioned in a prophecy once, and she's like, "Okay, that's great. Why is it not that specific?" <laughs> so she, yeah, she immediately recognizes how important Clearsight's gonna be, and so fires her existing head seer and now clearsight is the head seer so clearsight and dark stalker 
are both like super important. I don't think it says Darkstalker lives in the palace, but Clearsight definitely does. Yeah, Darkstalker lives next to the palace, but right. not in it. Right, right, right. Clearsight gets a house in the or a room in the palace, and she meets Fathom, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, it's Fathom! I love this guy." Right. And Indigo's like, "Take one more step, and your head shall hit the floor." <laughs> 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 and it's just a funny moment of like. Clearsight's like, oh my gosh, I know you, but you don't know me because we haven't met, obviously. But they actually become fast friends. I like their friendship. It's not on display very often, but like, they're good together. But yeah, Clearsight and Fathom, they're homies. They're homies. They're like actually homies versus you are my project. I will work on you. Like, that's what Darkstalker thinks of Fathom. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but they've got the trio finally all together, actually. The gang's all here. <laughs> yeah, gang's all here. And this is actually much closer to the end of the book than I remember it being. It's like two-thirds of the way through is when they this kind of thing happens. Yeah, because things start progressing pretty rapidly. Yeah. It, it's weird. Cause because I think there's a bunch of small time <laughs> skips at this point. Yeah, there's a lot of little time skips. And it kind of just goes over, like, little interactions they have together with, like, oh, Darkstalker is being suspicious. Like, oh, here's a bowl for you, Fathom. It's definitely not enchanted. And Indigo, like, smashes it. And Fathom's kind of mad at it. was a goblet. Oh, yeah, sorry. A goblet. (laughs) And Fathom's like, Darkstalker would never do that. And Indigo's like, hey, I'm just bodyguarding. And they kind of get in a fight about that. And there's more clear sight. Darkstalker drama of hold, like... Hold on, hold on. Back up for a second. <laughs> Did I miss something? So after Indigo smashes that goblet, yeah, you're right, they got in a little bit of fight. And then Darkstalker is like, come on, Fathom, let's let's go out for a flight, clear your head, and I can give these earrings I just got for Moon to her, too. Ah, uh, yes. And then they <laughs> leave... innocuous earrings. <laughs> yeah. And then they leave, and Indigo isn't there when Fathom comes back. Right, she left him a note that's like, Hey, uh, I can't do this anymore. You'll be fine with your other two guards. Just, you know, I'm I'm done. I'm, I'm gone. See ya. And Darkstalker's like, Man, that sucks, bro. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> and Fathom's like, devastated. <laughs> Darkstalker's like, That's too bad. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, no. See you later. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. So if you couldn't tell from our dripping sarcasm, Darkstalker did something (laughs) to Indigo. He basically imprisoned her in this little statue. That Fathom carved of Indigo, essentially. Yeah, for him as a gift. (laughs) Oh, man. But also, before they Fathom goes back to that room, Darkstalker gives Moon these special earrings he got her. Right. Yeah. Also, at this time, like, the tension between the Ice Kingdom and the Night Kingdom is getting worse. Like, the war is ongoing. Um, Clearsight. I I want to keep calling Clearsight Moon. <laughs> I keep wanting to call Fathom Turtle. <laughs> Isn't it so awesome that she let us, that Tui let us have... <laughs> Our clear sight fathom friendship again later yeah. <laughs> with Moon and Turtle because they're very similar to each other. 
like their corresponding parts. I mean, I think Clear Side and Fathom are better friends because Turtle's too. just too quiet. And, Turtle is too quiet. And also, Moon never gets a peek into his mind, not even once. That's true. Yeah, she just doesn't interact with him that much. He's kind of a... Her focus is more on Winter and Kipley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. The boys. <laughs> that Irrelevant. Was a, that was a fun dynamic. <laughs> They're fun together. But... But yeah, so a lot of pressure is being put on Clear Sight to determine the outcome of the war and on Darkstalker to use his powers for the war. Yeah. So Clear Sight's way busy all the time. Darkstalker's constantly like, hey, you should stop working so we can hang out. And she's like, but if I don't do this, then people are going to die. And he's like, uh, but me, I'm more important. <laughs> Besides, I'm the one killing them. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one making Basically. weapons and stuff. Oh, um, at what point did this happen? Um, what happened? It was before even Indigo disappeared. Yeah, I knew we were missing something. <laughs> okay, so there's this moment before Indigo even disappears that all the friends are hanging around a little campfire they made on the beach or something. And they're having a good time. But then Moon gets this vision. Clear sight. Gosh darn it, you did this to me! I was not having that problem until you said it. Clear sight gets this vision of Foslayer getting... Foslayer, Darkstalker's mom. Oh, yeah. Getting captured by Ice Wings. Yeah. And... Is this... Is it before? Yeah, because Indigo was there with them. Oh, Yeah. Oh, man. Because that's the first time Darkstalker saw him carve something. So he's like, yo, can you make me one of those? Right, right, right. It's for, like, um, Clarsite's birthday or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she has this vision. Does the whole thing with Postlayer happen at this time, right? Like, yeah, she's gone already. Like, by the time they get to Darkstalker's house, she's gone. <laughs> yes. She had an argument with Arctic. In the intro, he gave gives her an earring that protects her from all harm as, like, a gift. Because mostly because she's cold, but also just like as a gesture of love or whatever. And because of their argument, she took it off, so she's not protected. And then uh, spell Queen. Uh, did we ever mention? Uh, yeah, we did mention Queen Diamond. Yeah. as an animus. Well, this is Arctic's mother. Yeah. Uh, nobody knows exactly when this spell was cast, but basically brought Foslayer directly to her. Yeah, so she breaks, like, the one most important Icewing rule. Arctic's, like, convinced she would never do that because she already gave her one great gift to the Icewing society. But she uses her magic again as an exception just to get revenge on Foslayer. And she kind of brings her to the Ice Kingdom and does unspeakable things to her. <laughs> but for the all intents and purposes, they think she's dead for the rest of the book. They think mm -hmm. she got murdered whereas the truth would require more explanation that this episode doesn't need <laughs> yeah. and at this point dark stalker is like walking the line of the deep end <laughs> yeah he's because he is ticked <laughs> yeah he like he only liked his mother his he hates his father yeah clear sight mentions in one of her chapters there's only three people dark stalker loves clear sight white out and foe slayer 
Maybe fathom, she says. <laughs> Maybe fathom. I think he's getting there. Yeah. He legitimately is just like, I'm gonna kill them all. They're all gonna die. <laughs> and she's like, hold up. <laughs> Especially the queen. So he's basically plans on planning on killing the queen. And Clearside's like, no, if you do that, it'll make the war worse. And, like, the queen's daughter's worse than her. And, like, niece, but, yeah. Niece is worse than her, and everything will be awful. And Darkstalker, like, has to admit she's right. And he kind of accepts dropping it. He, he drops it. Ish. He, he publicly <laughs> drops it. <laughs> For the record, he drops it. Let the record show, he dropped it. <laughs> He spoke with CNN. I have. I'm confirming. I am dropping this. <laughs> oh my gosh! Secretly, alert, he didn't actually, <laughs> he drop, didn't it. actually drop it. So he's his um, relation with his father is like at an all time low. He's really Which isn't saying much. Yeah, <laughs> he's very sad about Foslayer, Understandably, for a long time, and like Fathom and Clearsight are like, oh man, that's awful. And they're trying to cheer him up. That's more of this stuff I'm kind of breezing over. That's just more like relationship drama where their opinion of Darkstalker is like getting shakier and shakier as he becomes more and more like, why am I not in charge? You know, like, why am I not the one who gets to call the shots? You know, why can't we have perhaps a Nightwing King instead of a Queen, right? I'm obviously the, I'm obviously suited for the position. Like, I'm the most powerful and to be fair, is still smarter than most people. He is. He is. Uh, if you're just trying to win a war, it definitely makes the most sense to put him in charge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're worried about how you win, then maybe don't put him under a mountain <laughs> instead. Uh, but after all this faux slayer stuff and dark stalker, like having his own little internal breakdown <laughs> that yeah. never really heals. No. But he starts, after a little while, outwardly, you know, looking like he's gotten over it and stuff. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention before, when we were talking about the scroll, he writes down all the spells so they're all there for anyone to see, right? And Clearsight checks the, yeah. the scroll every once in As a like while. like a trust thing, because Clearsight's still nervous that he's going to be crazy and take over the world. He lets her look at the new spells he's written since, like, they last met. But he goes back to when he makes himself invulnerable. He knows Clearsight won't like it, so he goes back and writes it earlier in the scroll, like, between two other spells, so hopefully she won't see it. And later he starts using invisible ink because <laughs> he's devious and he knows it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's been writing secret spells that Clearsight doesn't know about and she can't read the scroll, right? The soul reader. We've been skipping random things. Is a soul reader important enough to talk about? I mean, it's worth mentioning. Okay. Yeah. So when he first meets Fathom, Fathom kind of, I think... I think Fathom actually brings it up, but he talked... No, Darkstalker brings it up, but he mentions he can make an item that would read someone's soul to say how much good and how much evil is in it, which is just an insane concept for a thing that could exist <laughs> with mm -hmm. Animus Magic, and I think it just gets brushed over, and we're just going to brush over it too. <laughs> but it's basically just his way of 
reassuring Fathom. Earning Fathom's trust more. Yeah, like, oh, see, I'm still good. See, I'm still good. And he is. The reader, we're assuming that it just does what he says it does, which mm-hmm. might not be a perfect assumption. Actually, well, according, yeah, when Fathom reads the scroll later, it it never mentions anything about the soul that's true. reader, and I they, don't think. And so. they bring it back in, I almost said season two, in the second arc. Season two. <laughs> and it shows that he's evil, so it must work mm-hmm. as it's intended. Yeah. But, I mean, it does show Darkstalker about the same amount of good and evil as Fathom when he, they first use it. Right. And Fathom's constantly second-guessing, like, oh, is there more evil this time than last time? Because how it works is it's like an hourglass, I think. And how much sand is in which portion is how evil the person is. And so he's constantly... And black like, and white sand re- representing good and evil. Black being good, because he's a Nightwing. <laughs> white being bad, because Ice Wings. <laughs> He is not hiding the ball on how much he hates Ice Wings, even though he is, to remind you, half Ice Wing himself, which is crazy how that works. I should never think about him as half Ice Wing. I know, right? It's weird. I guess he probably doesn't think of himself as half Ice Wing either, even though that's the source of his best power. But, you know. So, you know, since it's not, like, a number or, like, a properly measurable thing. It's just sand. Fathom's like, is there more evil sand this time? But there is a point when they pointed at Darkstalker. Neither of them is like sure, but both he and Fa- or both Fathom and Clearsight look at each other like, is there more? <laughs> yeah, they're pretty sure there's more, and it's heavily implied that there is in fact more because he's, you know, entertaining his more ambitious tendencies we'll say <laughs> near the end of the book mm-hmm. man where were we before we brought up the two things we missed <laughs> uh i was going to them hanging out at the like i don't know some sort of festival going on and you know they're just sitting there having a good time clear side introduces wide out to thoughtful oh, yeah uh, and then someone tries to kill Darkstalker. like actually tries to kill him this time yep he stabs him with a spear, and I think Darkstalker kills him. No, it's actually Worf that kills him. Oh, yeah, I remember. One of uh, Fathom's other guards, just a side character, kills the assassin. Doesn't even apology. <laughs> what a Chad. <laughs> just kills a guy, refuses to elaborate. Leaves. <laughs> no, he literally just leaves afterwards. <laughs> he just wanders off into the party. <laughs> What a chat. <laughs> They're like, we could have asked him some questions. Warp is just like, I, I got the guy, I got the guy. <laughs> and Darkstalker's like, oh, he definitely missed. He definitely missed his spear stab. And everyone's well, like, then, I'm pretty sure that like bounced off your chest. Fathom and okay. Clearsight, who had the clearest views, are both like, that definitely <laughs> hit you directly where it should have. So Darkstalker is kind of a, like, they're all like, why are you invincible? And he's like, I, yeah, I survived. Or like, if I hadn't been invincible, I would have died. Is that what you want? And they're like, obviously we don't want that. But also, why are you invincible? <laughs> I feel like we're avoiding this question. <laughs> and then Clearsight gets mad at him and is like, Darkstalker, it's like one small step from invincibility to immortality. You freaking moron. What? Have you already done that too? <laughs> And then he just doesn't answer. <laughs> She's like, 
Son of a gun! <laughs> you have done that, haven't you? And so he's... He leaves in a huff. Uh, he's mad that they don't agree with him, basically. Side note. You probably saw me moving my hand. That's because in my mind, I can just picture Clearsight slapping him across the face <laughs> as she's yelling at him. <laughs> just she repeatedly. Need- Bro, she needed to. If she had done a little more slapping... And a little less enabling, maybe things would have turned out differently. No, probably not. But now Darkstalker's like, okay, well, if they're not going to trust me, I'm going to take matters in my own hands and just find out who tried to kill me myself. Even though they're like, don't do that. <laughs> don't yeah. use magic to do that. Yeah, especially Fathom is still like, don't use magic. I, For the record, Fathom has still not used any magic since he made that oath. Right. And I don't even think Fathom knows about the scroll. He might know about it now. I think, yeah, that like might, might be before. the time they told him. It might be, like, right before this moment. But it's actually a long time, because Darkstalker thinks about telling him the first time they meet, but then he's, like, not sure if he can trust the Sea Wings. And then he just doesn't tell him for a long time. But Fathom, even after he tells him, Fathom's, like... It could still yeah. be making you evil. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not convinced that the scroll is, like... A sufficient to buffer for his not making him evil. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, I remember. That's why he makes a soul reader. Is after he tells him about the scroll. No. Oh, you're right. You're I'm right. pretty sure the soul reader is one of the earlier things he makes. That's true. I think it's before as well. I don't know. Oh well. Continuing. He makes a bunch of crap. He makes the dream visitors. The dream visitors. Yeah. Yep. Those are important. Those are the. Oh yeah. That also. He gave those out around the campfire. Yeah. Those are important for the rest of the series. They're a big plot device. Yeah, in the first literally arc. not mentioned again in Darkstalker, but they're so important <laughs> in the rest of the series. It, it's a it's a fan service cameo kind of thing, right? We can we can let it slide. <laughs> you know what's funny? I realized in the first arc it actually says that they're made by a sandwing animus. That makes sense, because the Nightwings have one, and if they knew Darkstalker made, made it, it, they would not be happy yeah. about that. I was going to say, so somebody lied along the lines. <laughs> someone made, someone lied about that. That's that's funny. So I, I think they were trying to imply Jerboa made it. Yeah. Um, I lost track of where we were. Uh, Darkstalker is immortal. Darkstalker is immortal. Darkstalker is not happy. They've been having some serious arguments and Darkstalker it's they do the cliffhanger thing at the end of the chapter he finds out who tried to kill him but it doesn't reveal who it was but there's only so many options there's only so many options there's like two yeah and it's the the more obvious one the queen of the Nightwings she's gotten more and more suspicious of him over time and eventually she's like you know what Arctic's pliable enough. I don't need to. I'm going to have this more disobedient and power-hungry one killed. Which is an idiot, dumb, idiot clown decision to make, as yeah. Clearsight later calls her out for. <laughs> but Clearsight has been almost more trusting of Darkstalker ever since this assassination thing. She started... Or even before. Yeah, it started before. A very specific moment, <laughs> if you know what I mean. She's, you know, kind of convinced that she's, like, stopped seeing the 
dark futures of Darkstalker, and she's convinced that, like, okay, maybe things are turning out how Darkstalker says they always are going to turn out. Maybe things won't be this bad. But and then... <laughs> the queen calls her in, and she's like, hey, uh, so have you ever seen any visions about, like, your boyfriend? <laughs> and Clairsight has been intentionally keeping anything about Darkstalker away from the Queen, because obviously Or she's... anyone, really. She hasn't told anyone about Darkstalker's dark yeah. futures. Because obviously she's seen, like, all these horrible things he does where he murders the Queen and takes over the Night Kingdom. But she's not gonna tell her about that. And she's like, no, I don't know. You know well, she maybe. said, of course I've seen visions about him. Like, I've seen our future, our dragonettes. Oh, yeah. And... She talks about the ones that she wants to see and particularly the one that dark stalker wants her to see and the queen's like do you know how i'm gonna die <laughs> she's like you could die in a lot of ways who's to say and she's got her old head seer back the teacher from before who gives like a very actually understandable for once yeah. prophecy which is really funny about how dark stalker is gonna kill her and she's like you want to tell me about that and, I, and she's uses, like I have no idea. Yeah. Like, what What do you even mean? And the queen says something along the lines of like, oh, I see, you're so enchanted by your boyfriend that you, like, just refuse to see the dark in him or something. Yeah. Crap like that. And then she hears the word, you're enchanted, well, the sentence, <laughs> you're enchanted by him, and then just, like, stops listening. She's like, hold on a yeah. thing second. And she starts realizing, like, you know, her powers just haven't seemed as, like, full as of late. She tries, at that moment, thinking of the dark futures she's seen of Darkstalker, and they'll appear for just, like, a brief moment and then disappear again. She can't focus on them, and she immediately takes off the earrings that he gave her, and all of a sudden she can see the visions again, all of them. And the future is much darker <laughs> all of a sudden. And it is much worse than it was before. And this is really the last straw for Clearsight. I think it's already been the last straw for Fathom at this point. And they're, yeah, they're not sure about this Darkstalker guy anymore. <laughs> I don't know why I put it like that. <laughs> yeah, so Clearsight runs away from that interaction with the Queen. And because uh, being like, I'm the only one who can stop him, which is true. She's, well, the only yeah. one who has the ability to know how to stop him. Or to have him listen to a word she says. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which at this point is still not working. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty far gone by now, if you couldn't tell. Like, a big part of their earlier relationship was built on, like, this trust and this, like, you know, the earlier quote I gave of, like, don't blame me for things I haven't done. Well, now he's done the things, right? He did the thing. specifically asked him not to, which is, you know, manipulate her will, right? Mm -hmm. earlier he uses magic to make himself appear more charming and handsome at the like the nightwing court so people will like him more and clear sight's like don't wear that around me i just want to see you for who you are and he also um suggests kind of giving her a similar thing where everyone will where she'll be as confident as she is beautiful or whatever is what, how he puts it and she says she doesn't want that like to have how people view her changed well, now he's officially gone and done it. He's actively changed her personality and how she views the world to suit his needs. So he's put himself 
and his will above her completely, which is big no-no in a relationship, actually. <laughs> mm. And just in any social situation at all. And so she's not happy about that. And this is where we get about to the part that will ensure this book <laughs> is something I remember on in my dying days. <laughs> the Arctic stuff. <laughs> the Arctic stuff. Oh. Uh, so... Clearsight stops Darkstalker from going to kill the queen at that moment. Because right after, like, during her talk with the queen, Darkstalker was on his way. Like, oh no, he coming. <laughs> yeah. He was just gonna go kill her and take her throne. And she has... Clearsight, they both have the same vision, right? Yeah, the same vision. Well, they're arguing Clearsight has a vision of what Arctic's doing, and then immediately Darkstalker also has the same vision, and Prince Arctic has taken White out and is trying to escape back to the Ice Kingdom. He's hoping that, like, they'll be satisfied with Foeslayer's death or whatever, and they'll he'll be able to make it back in, even though he didn't do everything they wanted. And Darkstalker is, like, furious about this. He's possibly more angry than he was with Foeslayer, and... Mm-hmm. They chase them through the Sand Kingdom, which is on the way, and he very deliberate. He, <laughs> it's I don't know why this detail stuck with me, but and Fathom's with them at this yeah, point. Fathom, I don't remember where he came from in this interaction, but Fathom is with them. Clear sight, like is like, don't kill your father, right? That's bad. Because Darkstalker's like, I'm gonna kill him. He takes out a knife, and he's like, I'm going to kill him, and Clarence like, no, and he's like, I mean, uh, go wound my father. <laughs> I heard him, and so he can catch up to him. And they catch up to him, and Whiteout's, like, completely different. She's, like, changed to be normal, I guess you would say, which Darkstalker is, like, horrified by, Even which is understandable. Even if you read it, it feels unnatural that it she's normal. It feels icky, dude. And what has happened is... Arctic has enchanted a necklace to, that he gave her that makes her... Well, that I'm pretty sure Thoughtful gave it to her. Oh, yeah. He's enchanted a necklace she has that... I don't know. That could be ...makes wrong. her more like other dragons, so essentially normal, you would say, and makes her more willing to, like, follow his suggestions, which is, you know, so far the worst thing, I would say... I don't know, never mind. I almost said it's the worst thing we've seen someone do with animus magic, but I forgot about Albatross. <laughs> That's the worst thing we've seen so far. But this is, like, obviously not acceptable to... Like, what Darkstalker did was kind of limit what Clearsight could see, which he justifies in his own perspective as, like, it was, you know, an act of love. I wanted her to be happy. She's all worried all the time. She's so anxious. I just wanted her to be happy, you know, to... See only good futures so she can be happy. Meanwhile, Arctic changes how his daughter behaves and what she wants. Yeah, which is like a step above. And then Darkstalker takes it to the next step. He takes it to the next step. He writes a spell that makes Arctic do whatever he says. Enchant Arctic the Icewing to obey my every command. Right. I'm pretty sure that's the exact spell. Yeah. Darkstalker had kind of been innovating in the field. Right, for animus magic. He thinks, and he's the first example, and he thinks he might be, like, the first to realize that you can enchant, 
living things like he enchants himself is how he realizes you can just enchant like a living thing to do do what you want to kind of just completely force his will upon that thing which is what he does in this instance like arctic used a necklace right it wasn't like a permanent i guess enchantment so they just took it off white out she's like i'm back so they take it off and smash it and and then she's back but arctic is like he just i don't know it's just different and it i don't know why it feels so different but i can't like because put it into words for one thing there's Unless Darkstalker writes a counterspell to it, or a, there's no going yeah. back from it. Or another animus, probably. Yeah. I think but. they can counteract each other, but it's not... I don't know. I Food mean. for thought. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's essentially, overall, it's just him at this point, because Arctic's the other animus. Fathom's not using his powers. So they go back to the Night Kingdom. How does he get rid of Clear Sight and Fathom? He doesn't. Clearsight and Fathom come with him to the stage. They watch? <laughs> no. Oh. Because Clearsight sends <laughs> Fathom back to... Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Sends Fathom away. This is like the finale. And then... So long story short, they come back to the Night Kingdom. They land on a stage. Sort of thing. And Darkstalker's grabbing everyone's attention like, Alright, everybody, look at me. I've got something amazing to tell and show you. Come listen to my villain speech. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, Clearsight tries to talk him out of what... She she can see the future. She knows what she's what he's about to do. So, so what she tells Darkstalker is she sent Fathom away because he's seen enough crap in his life. Yeah, she's seen... And then, I think the exact wording, or close to it, is... She says, like, he's seen enough people he love kill with animus magic or something along those lines. Yeah. But she, I'm going to say, tries to talk Ar- er, Arctic Darkstalker out of what he's about to do. And I say that with quotation marks because she sees the future. She knows that's not going to work. Yeah. But when he obviously says no... She just gives him a hug and leaves because she doesn't want to see it either. She, I understandably so. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So he's up on stage. He makes Arctic confess his crimes in front of the crowd, like some trial kind of thing, like a mock trial of... Obviously, Arctic has to do whatever he says. Oh, first, he makes Arctic say that he's the most powerful animus dragon. He's like making his dad say good things about him for once in his life which would be funny if it wasn't so horrifying <laughs> he's making him say good things and then he there comes a point where he's like tell him you wish you'd been a better father <laughs> and he's like i do wish i'd been a better father because then i would have killed you the moment you asked <laughs> which you know fair screw, <laughs> screw arctic but like good roast bro that was a good one you did you you died for it but like you were gonna die anyway <laughs> yeah so he makes him confess his crimes, like he's gonna go talk about Nightwing secrets to the Ice Wings, and he was gonna, you know, take his powers away and his daughter. But after that little jab at Darkstalker, Darkstalker makes him cut out his own tongue. Yep. Which is ah, <laughs> I wish that was the worst because immediately after that he makes him. What's what are the words he uses? Show them what you are on the inside. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Ugh. 
So yeah, Arctic disembowels himself. <laughs> and it even says it like takes a long time. It doesn't get very yeah, specific this, with the details. This is like the one time they skip over the violence. <laughs> this is even too extreme for Wings of Fire. <laughs> but it's intense. To quote Moon, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> you did what? <laughs> So now all the Nightwings are horrified of Darkstalker. Yeah, the Queen was too afraid to come out of her palace to see this mock trial thing going on. But she kind of knows at this point she's screwed. Darkstalker's like, he's like, okay, I'm time to start taking over the world. And he reaches for his scroll. Which was wrapped around his chest or back or whatever. And it's not there. <laughs> and he immediately realizes that when Clearsight hugged him, she took it. Yep. So Clearsight went to Fathom, and she's like, hey, we need to take him down. And Fathom's like, you know what? You're definitely right. We do need to take him down. Oh, and before she makes it to Fathom, she tells her friend listener, like, get you and your family out of here. Like, yeah. dangerous danger. Crap is going down. Yeah. And that's ultimately the reason the Nightwings leave. Because Clearsight raised that alarm. Right. We forgot to mention that, but the Nightwings in the first arc, they're like super mysterious. They're hidden. No one knows where they live anymore. And it's because they live in like the most desolate place on this far off volcano that is killing them. It is... It's active, so it's just dangerous because lava boss, like the fumes, is killing them. There's no food. They're starving. And they're okay with that because they're so afraid of their old home because of Darkstalker. <laughs> Even thousands of years later, they're so afraid of him that they haven't gone home. Anyway, that was a side detail we missed earlier. But yeah, so Clearsight and Fathom are together and it's like, okay, now let's write something in Darkstalker's scroll to take him down. And then Fathom, using his noggin, is all like, hold up. Let's not do that, because what if he's enchanted this scroll to either alert him when other people use it, or just not work for other people at this point? Or the more sinister, just kill them immediately. <laughs> yeah, or just kill them immediately. And so Clearsight is like, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't do that. And Fathom's like, okay. I guess I have to break my rule and use magic because he just can't think of another way out of it. And he's obviously disturbed by that, but he can't see any other way. And it's, you know, it's growth for our boy. He's learning to love himself. <laughs> or at least accept himself. I don't think that's a moment of acceptance more than desperation. <laughs> it is desperation, but it helps him move forward to the acceptance Stage. I mean, he is very distraught by it. It's Indigo who helps him. That's true. Spoiler alert. Um. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much left to spoil. Yeah. But, yeah. So, basically, they take the armband Darkstalker gave Moon to protect Clear her from... sight. Gosh darn you! <laughs> <laughs> this is all your fault! <laughs> I've always done it so many times. <laughs> I did not have that problem at <laughs> Oh, until you said it earlier. The band he gave clear sight. <laughs> to shield her mind. Yeah, to shield her from mind readers. Which gives such a good moment to the end. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. So then Fathom enchants that. 
and Clearsight puts it back on. And then, I don't remember how she... How did she get the message to Darkstalker where to meet? Was it Whiteout? He can see the future. Well, no, because somebody specifically oh. told him, like, she said to meet here. It would probably mountain. be Whiteout then. I vaguely remember them talking right before this. So, yeah, it was probably Whiteout. I don't see who else it could have been, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But they go to the tallest mountain in Pyria, which is the continent. I don't know if we've mentioned that. I've mentioned it by name before. Yeah, she's at the tallest mountain because she's got this plan, and all the futures are kind of converging, right? Onto this moment. Onto this moment. And basically, there's she succeeds or fails right here, and there's nothing else. Yeah, there's very, very distinct paths after if she succeeds or if she fails. Like she's not confused about this at all. Yep. Like, she's always been stressed over what futures there are. Nope, she's got one shot, and it either works or it yeah. doesn't, and that's how it is. I guess before we do this, we should tie up the Fathom stuff. Yeah. She's like, hey, take this scroll and go see if... I think he probably did something to Indigo, because he did something to me, so he would definitely be willing to do something to Indigo. And she's like, but whatever you do, don't destroy it, or else he'll get all his powers yeah. back. That's one of the conditions he had for the scroll, is if it gets destroyed, he gets his power back. So... Fathom looks through the scroll, and it's just mostly innocuous things like, you know, oh, to help uh, foe slayer be warm at night like a blanket or something. Like, things that help his friends and family, you know, that Moon would appreciate. And he's like, there's nothing... You Moon. No! <laughs> I caught it this time. The clear sight would appreciate. Okay, now that I think about it, I'm convinced you said that multiple times, and I haven't even caught it. No, 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 no. I think, it, yeah, it's it's definitely so, that, because so. that's why I'm getting confused. <laughs> no, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. That I clear can't sight, wait to edit this. The clear sight would appreciate. And he's going through, and he's like, I can't see anything. And then he sees, like, there's gaps in the later spells. He's like, I wonder why that is. And then well, a candle that he's reading it by reveals the invisible ink that Darkstalker was using to write all these spells out. The sketchier ones. The definitely Shadier. the sketchier spells. Including um turning indigo into or putting indigo in his uh little doll his little wood carving. And so he freaks out and he's just used magic and he hated it. And he has like a brief moment where he's like, Am I using magic again already? And then he thinks for him indigo, he's like, Yes immediately. I will do it for Indigo. Yeah, he thinks about his oath and, like, what Pearl said. Like, would you... Like, think about it. Is Indigo the one dragging you? And he's like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anything for Indigo. Anything for you, my queen. <laughs> As you wish. <laughs> and so Indigo's back. She has no memories of anything that's happened since she got turned into a carving and... She very quickly is like, I told you, <laughs> I told you he was evil. <laughs> and Fathom's like, you don't even understand, like, how evil. She's like, oh, okay, so, like, that evil. <laughs> <laughs> when Fathom's telling her, no, he's evil. <laughs> She's like, oh. <laughs> and she has this moment of, like, well, good thing he's gone now, right? You got him. And Fathom's like, we haven't got him yet. We're running. <laughs> and she's like, okay, we're running. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is happening right now? <laughs> And so they run, although they would definitely be screwed if 
uh, clear sight failed. Yeah, that's something the Nightwings didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. If Darkstalker wanted to do something, there's nothing to stop him. Yeah. So Darkstalker, it's crazy, because, like, usually the villain ramps up their power and they're the most powerful at the end, but this is the weakest he's ever been without his magic, right? He's still invulnerable and immortal, but he doesn't have his magic, right, because Clearsight has it. Well, Fathom has it. Oh, yeah, the scroll. Right, he thinks Clearsight has it, but Fathom actually has it, which he hides somewhere. Yeah, I don't remember what it says they do with it. <laughs> it doesn't say in there. But doesn't uh, the shapeshifter chameleon finds it, like, in the ocean or something? It finds it somewhere eventually. Like, on a beach, I think. Like, it washed up. Anyway, that's not relevant. Fathom's got the scroll. Darkstalker's almost the least powerful he's ever been, but he's, like, so close to getting what he wants. And they have their final confrontation, him in clear sight. The tallest mountain. They're talking, and Claire starts like, "Hey, fun fact: <laughs> earthquakes, <laughs> right?" <laughs> Did you know this mountain won't be the tallest in like a few days? <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be an earthquake that's gonna like level the mountain essentially. And Dark Sucker is like, "Hey, that's cool. Give me my scroll back. Give me the scroll." <laughs> and Clearsight, by the way, knows that there's. A good chance of Darkstalker actually killing her here. Right. He's that far gone that the one person he cared about most, he's considering killing her because she's been getting in his way. Like, she's been getting in his way, kind of, for a long time, but this is, like, the first direct action she's taken, like, specifically against him, like, deceiving him and stealing from him. Like, visually, if, you know, all past actions have been her, like, Trying to hold Darkstalker back, <laughs> reel him in. This is her stepping directly in front of him and saying no. Yeah. And unlike Fathom's constant simping for Indigo, Darkstalker's like, well, you're cute, but you gotta go. <laughs> Girl, you know I love you, but you gotta die now. You gotta die now. And they have, like, one, she, like, goes in for, you know. Wait, no, no, no. She says, like, something super harsh. What was it? She says, like... I don't know if I just failed, and that's why you went down this dark path. Or maybe you got it from your father, Yeah, and I couldn't have stopped it anyway. Right, she's like, you're born evil, you're like your father, and Darkstalker does not appreciate that. That's rare, <laughs> He, like, grabs her, and he's like, don't ever say that, right? He grabs her arm, he's like, don't ever say that. Like, I'm, you're gonna learn to love me being in charge, right? Like, he's still convinced that she can't accept that future yeah that she loves him and that she can accept this future and he's basically says like i'm going to rewrite everything so you will think the way i think basically you will be who i want you to be pretty much and then he feels her slip something on his arm and he looks down and she's slipped the arm band that he's grabbing her arm he slipped she slipped it from her arm onto his arm and she for the first time since, like, in years, in, like, he can read her mind. Years, oh, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> and the last thing he hears is, like, isn't it just, I'm sorry, I love you, my dear? Something like right. that. Like, he realizes that she really does unconditionally, like, not unconditionally, obviously. 
There's well, was, there was a at condition. At this point, there's gotta be it's gotta be <laughs> unconditional if he's gone this way and she still loves him, but is willing that's, to. That's true. She loves him so much, but she he sees like her conviction to save the world and like sees what she how she sees him finally because she can read her mind before the sleeping spell that Fathom put on the armband takes takes him and he just falls asleep. Right, all his power. His invulnerability, his immortality, and it's a sleeping spell. <laughs> it's a sleeping spell that gets him. It's the equivalent of Al Capone getting caught by the IRS. Rather than... <laughs> That's very true. Gang monarch guilty on five tax fraud counts. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't mess with the IRS. Ooh. Is Fathom the IRS in this analogy? <laughs> So he Clear, came to collect yeah. that tax on the magic, you know? Yeah. So Clear Sight puts Dark Karma Stalker... came and collected his debt. Very true. <laughs> yes, so Clear Sight puts the body in, like, a cave in the mountain. The earthquake happens, it collapses on him. And that's done. He's buried under a literal mountain. He's asleep. He's gone. She... It's implied she knows he's not gone forever. But like for a long, long time, or she knows it might not be a certain thing that he's gone forever. Mm-hmm. But and like she did her best, <laughs> and then she has this beautiful realization where this is the first time she's ever seen a future without Darkstalker. It's in so it. cool. Not the first time, well, but like he's been such a dominant force in her life and in the future she has. Well, for it so says long. like this is the first time she's ever like seen her life specifically right. without Darkstalker, right? Because she had seen at least one future it mentions where Darkstalker dies. Yep. But And she has read about the Lost Continent before, and she realized when she was, like, really young. In, like, her first chapter, she says to her dad or something that she could be an explorer and she could just leave and not go to school, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like a joking how-to-get-out-of-school thing. But now she realizes that, like, that's something she really... Like that's a real possibility. Yeah, it's now. a possibility now. Like she, she realizes she's free. Like her entire life was centered around Darkstalker from the moment she was born, and now it's like, what do I do now? Now he's gone, and she's free to do her own thing, and she does, and it actually sets up the third arc, which yep. is it's so cool. She's Tweety Sutherland's foreshadowing. It's immaculate between it's books, particularly. Between arcs, particularly, it's good stuff. Yep, and then there's the epilogue of Fathom and Indigo being happy with their adorable children. Yep, Fathom broke both oaths. (laughs) Fathom did break both oaths. But especially because Indigo encouraged him, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, and I wish... One of my gripes, I have very few, but one of them is that he had used his animus magic at the end, like, or we had seen that he had used it. I was going to say, it doesn't say he never used it again, but... Yeah. You're right, we don't see him. I don't know, it just would have been a full arc for him to accept that he's good, right? Because mm-hmm. Indigo kind of has, like, a come-to-Jesus moment with him in, at the end, where she's like, you are not like Darkstalker, you are good, you are nice, you are, you care about what other people think, you care about others, you use your power for good it's not the magic that using the magic that makes you evil it's like 
doing evil things makes you evil, I think is her line. And you know, she really just stole the thunder for the second arc's finale. <laughs> Not if you read it first. Uh, That's true. Which is what I did. Honestly, that might be the best. We had this discussion earlier of the reading order. Phoenix thinks you should read it after, and I think you could probably read it after either the eighth book or before the last book. So after the eighth or ninth would be a good spot to read this one. But I think this stealing the thunder of the finale is the best argument for <laughs> why it should be read after. Because <laughs> Indigo really just goes out and says, like, we talked, I was kind of vague earlier about animus magic making your soul evil and corrupt. It's because it's not true at all. It does nothing to your soul. It's just that, you know, having the power and slowly using more and more power, like we see with Darkstalker, of him kind of putting his will over others and kind of seeing others as lesser and his ego growing. I think it's also like a mind trick that, you know, because these animuses think using magic will take away their soul, like they subconsciously start acting like it. That's like, true as well. Oh, I did it! guess I'm a little farther gone, which means I can justify more of what I do. Right. It's, yeah, it's like almost a justification. That's so cool. Oh, man. But it does nothing. It's just, you know, the old quote, whatever. I don't know who said it. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's kind of that idea of having so much power makes someone more willing to see themselves as more important or see what it's like easier to force what you want to become reality like we talked yeah. about with dark stalker yeah. like the just the more you use that magic the more you're willing to do with it and yeah. you can see that in the third arc with the jerboa flashback because right. jerboa really wasn't like that bad and to start with, like, I mean, you don't really get much of her past the original Jerboa. Yeah. But then just as time goes on, she's just, like, going off the rails with what she's willing to do with magic. Not, like, evilly, but just to the point where, like, it doesn't even occur to her, is this wrong? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's like, if you give, it's kind of just human nature to, if you are given space to, like, do bad things then you're more likely to do more bad things right like if you're able to get away with cheating you're more likely to cheat again if you can get away with stealing you're more likely to steal again in the future just kind of that idea it's mm -hmm. it's good it's so good <laughs> oh there's so many messages in wings of fire but especially surrounding animuses yeah. And I literally, animus magic is just a metaphor for a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, man. And then there's the secret, not secret, the second epilogue that is just Darkstalker waking from his slumber in the cave. It's, it's literally like half a page long. It's for once described something outside the planet. It's like, yo. There's a dragon planet flying through space, and there's this comet that passes by it, and it interrupts the tectonics of the <laughs> planet, yeah, it just which causes an earthquake, 
causes the band around Darkstalker's arm to break. I don't even think it was that dramatic. It just says it yeah. shifts the tides and like the gravity of all these subtle rocks just enough that one of them breaks the band from Darkstalker and he wakes up under this mountain. And a dragon awoke. Yep. And that's your tie-in to the second arc where he's back. And yes, who's back? More okay. cunning, I will say. He's had a lot of time to think about how being blatantly evil might set people off. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I think he's also more bold with what he's doing. Like, he does it a little more publicly, because A, he's got the spell around everyone to make them like him, except yeah. Moo. The, on the only way to make powerful villains work is to have them like that powerful is to a give them an ego yep and in dark stalker's case have one person they care about and will somewhat listen to work against them he's got clear sight the first time and then moon yeah and friends fool's a sucker for night wings with teardrop scales <laughs> <laughs> yeah or to treat the villain like a force of nature almost like, if it's a character villain with that much power, they have to have some kind of flaws that can be exploitable. Or you're just kind of writing yourself into a corner. But yeah, that's Legends Darkstalker. It almost feels like we just described the book, but we were also just talking about all the specific things we liked about it throughout. Um, I mean, honestly, all we really do with, it, with anything is describe <laughs> it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> But, I don't know, I talked about Clearsight being inspiration for me. Wings of Fire is just, you know, I'm, it's in my mind at all times, so I know for a fact I've subconsciously included plenty yeah. of themes and character beats and stuff from Wings of Fire. I've recently realized that Darkstalker was a heavy influence for one character for me. <laughs> Not even realizing, yeah. Subconsciously. Except he's a protagonist, so that's a different dynamic. That is a very different dynamic. Oh, just... I don't even know. Oh, it's so good. I just freaking love Darkstalker. It, it's so good. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I know we've talked about it in real life. I think Darkstalker legends should be taught in schools. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, like... You read, you know, weird middle school books. Yeah, don't don't bring up Unwind again. We, can, <laughs> we, we did talk about that. I do remember we did yes, talk about it. We did this, talk about it. But this. it should be, it should be. And now you should know why. It's just got so much interesting stuff going on. Honestly, I think the reason we love Darkstalker so much is because aside from the sociopathy he's got going on, <laughs> he's... A very relatable character in the sense like you can understand very well why he does the things he does right he doesn't do like illogical things right ah uh, not really right he doesn't choose evil as his like first avenue ever it's after a long series of unfortunate events that keep playing against his kind of desire for power right like he's willing to have a i think he's was genuinely willing to just live a peaceful and happy life with clear sight to raise a family like she saw in all her visions 
at the beginning of the book. But then things I mean, keep he happening. He still had the ambition, but he was willing to go there. Right. Way. He was willing to sacrifice for her. But over time, he began to kind of almost like see the flaws in society and think I could do a better job than that. Like particularly with the queen and with his dad, he sees how flawed they are and like how petty they are. And he's like, I could do it so much better. And it just plays off his ego and plays off his desire for power. And it just kind of pushes him towards that direction. And then he, you know, he's pushed and he has an initial nudge, but the final steps he takes all on his own. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just so good. I just came to, like, a realization for why I actually do, like, Darkness of Dragons. Yeah. Because. Which is the. The tenth book. Tenth book. The end a.k.a. Of, end of Darkstalker's arc. <laughs> right. And the end of the second arc that we've been referencing. Yeah. But. Because I realize. Kibli essentially is what Darkstalker would be without his powers. Yeah. That's very true. They are very similar personality Which I think is why Darkstalker corners him and offers him magic instead of, you know, killing him right off the bat. Right, because he wants him to be like him. He wants to I mean, say... Because you were, you were mentioning how, like, Darkstalker sees all the flaws and things and, like, I can do so much better... Kibley has those same thoughts. He's like, right. he's like, I know how I could fix this with magic. Oh my gosh. Do you think Darkstalker was almost offering it as like proof to himself that he's not evil? Because he had to have, even Darkstalker had to have gone through some amount of self-reflection <laughs> during his dozens or whatever years under the mountain. I mean, even in that conversation, he's like, and besides, you could be, like, my moral anchor if I because we would be, like, equals. We would be equals, yeah, sure. <laughs> Man, he continues to be interesting after this book as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he gets to be more fully developed in a villain role versus as, like, watching this person fall in the second arc, we get to see him in action just as a villain, as an antagonist, and it's wonderful. I need to reread the second arc. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's officially our longest episode. <laughs> uh, even with the editing, I can pretty much guarantee I'm yeah. not cutting out that much time. <laughs> yeah, probably not by much, but it's still the longest. Mm-hmm. Woo! All right, now we have to make a promise to ourselves not to beat this. <laughs> <laughs> this is the longest it's going to get. I thought, I'm going to be honest, I thought it was going to be longer. <laughs> I didn't actually think it was going to be that long. If you had let me go off the rails the way I would have done without a plan, it would <laughs> yeah. have been longer. I am <laughs> proud of myself. We stuck to it, to just going through. I knew there's so many things I would miss if I didn't go through it and just talk about each thing I liked as I... Saw them. I just sat back and let you take the reins to cut down on time. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it was this was worth it just to get me to reread this book. <laughs> yeah. It was worth it just for it that. It was worth it. Man. Anyways, read Wings of Fire. Uh, not just so you can read this one. The rest of it's also really good, but this is peak Wings of Fire. 
that's all. <laughs> just, just that much. Just that.